Hello and welcome to Little Yo Pod, the all things Yosemite podcast. I'm Laura Jackson. I am an interpretive guide in Yosemite, and I'm here to share the features and stories of Yosemite and the Sierra Nevada that I have found compelling from the past 15 years that I have lived there. This week's story is about challenging assumptions. There's so much bad news circulating right now as we've entered one of the darkest times any of us have ever seen and hopefully will ever see. So I thought it would be nice to share a story of inspiration, hopefully get our minds off of things a little bit. And there are a few greater stories of challenging limits and assumptions than what has been accomplished in the world of extreme adventure sports. I have a program that I give in Yosemite uh, about the history of rock climbing, where every achievement challenged what was considered impossible until it was proven otherwise. The program starts with John Muir and his ascent of Cathedral Peak in the Yosemite High Country in 1869, and then visits great accomplishments through the years, including the first ascent of the Lost Arrow Spire, uh, the spire that's next to... um, Yosemite Falls, the first person to free climb El Capitan, uh, the first time uh, El Cap was climbed in 24 hours, which has now been done in less than two, the successful ascent of the hardest free route in the world, and many, many other great achievements. Around every turn in climbing history, anytime something was thought impossible, A climber would come along and push the envelope even further that eventually ended up with Alex Honnold's unroped ascent of the 3,000 foot sheer face of El Capitan in 2017, which was documented with the, uh, I believe, Academy Award winning film Free Solo. Um, So at this point, (laughs) pretty much anything seems possible. Any whisper of the impossible is almost immediately met with uh, opposition and someone coming along to prove that it isn't impossible. Because where there is the will, there is almost certainly the way. So a few years ago, my climbing partner and I rose well before the sun to set off for my first big adventure day. We started our hike in the dark and had reached um, Vernal Falls just as the sun was starting to shine its first rays on Yosemite. This would be one of uh, many what are called alpine starts for for me, (laughs) getting up at four o'clock in the morning and chugging down coffee and hitting the trail right away. I was already pretty tired by the time we arrived at Little Yosemite Valley, but was feeling um, I was feeling pretty jumpy, a little bit nervous, some butterflies in my stomach for the day ahead. As some of you may have been able to guess by now, our objective was uh, to climb Half Dome. So every year, thousands of people come to Yosemite with one big ambition, and that is to summit Half Dome. It has been called one of the the greatest and the most dangerous hikes in North America. Like anything ambitious, many people who set out to Summit Half Dome um, don't end up making it. They, they can't complete the hike for various reasons. A lot of times um, people retreat when they reach the terrifying reality of the Summit cable system. The hike in all is 17 miles, <clears throat> excuse me, round trip with a vertical mile of elevation gain and loss. It's a pretty big day. But the last 400 feet are so perilous, it requires a hiker to pull themselves up a steel cable suspended on wooden posts sitting in the rock, um, which in some sections is so steep that if you let go of the cable, 
you would fall off of the exposed granite dome. So for many years after Western European settlers arrived, Half Dome was believed to be the only um, major feature that could not be summited in Yosemite. And it may have remained unclimbed for many years more if it wasn't for one man. One of my greatest embarrassments from my time in Yosemite comes from the fact that I did not hike Half Dome for many years after I came to the park. I don't know why. No, I do know why. I was afraid. I was really scared um, of those cables. (laughs) And by the time I made up my mind to do it, uh, a permit system had been put in place to cut down on the dangerous high levels of foot traffic the hike was seeing on an average summer day. So I finally decided to apply for a permit to, to summit Half Dome, and I got one. And on the day I went to hike uh, Half Dome, there was a thunder and lightning storm, which if you have listened to my past episodes, uh, it would seem that I attract thunder and lightning pretty much anywhere I go in the backcountry. So I guess the moral of that story is don't go hiking or don't take me hiking because I'm, I'm kind of bad luck, I guess. You'll end up getting soaked. <laughs> Um, I ended up getting to the subdome that day and then having to turn around, um, as one should never summit a peak during inclement weather. Uh, some people have, have been struck by lightning on the summit during storms and the rock is already very slippery and it doesn't need any help from added moisture to make it any more dangerous. So I decided I didn't have, uh, enough summit fever that day to risk my life. Now, we did eventually uh, make it to the top, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, For now, I want to actually describe what Half Dome is. I I realize some people may not know what what I'm talking about. So Half Dome is an iconic granite formation. It's a big rock, (laughs) to to put it lightly, presiding over the east end of Yosemite Valley. And the top of Half Dome is one vertical mile over the valley floor. And it's also the logo for this podcast, if you need a visual reference. I chose Half Dome as the logo uh, for Little Yo Pod, as it is one of the most recognized natural features in the world. It looks kind of like a giant person came along um, with a hot butter knife and uh, sliced a perfect granite dome right down the middle. While the sheer side, the north-facing side of Half Dome is straight up and down, it's actually a little bit overhanging, the back side or the south-facing side is also fairly vertical, but with a bit more slope to it. The point I'm trying to make here is that the top of Half Dome seems rather unattainable from all sides, no matter which, which side you look at. Uh, it's too steep to ascend walking upright or even scrambling on your hands and feet. So in the 1860s, when the state geologist at the time, his name was Josiah Whitney, declared that the top of Half Dome had never nor ever would be trodden on by human foot, no one seemed to disagree with him. Now, people certainly tried to climb Half Dome, but they all gave up after slipping off the steep sides and returned home with the assumption that Half Dome would indeed never be trodden on by a human foot. Well, that is until 1875, when a Scottish sailor named George Anderson got it in his head that he would be the first person to conquer the unconquerable. Not a lot is known of George Anderson. His life before Yosemite is not documented. But we do know that he was born in Scotland and that he was a sailor and that he came to California during the gold rush. 
but I imagine he must have kept mostly to himself, as most of the early residents did at the time. Anderson had a lot of determination, however. Um, so he was a He's a pretty big guy, described by some as a Viking of a man. In the one photo I have seen of him, he appears he appears quite to be quite rugged. He has a very piercing stare and a a very nice big bushy beard. <laughs> so he, he kind of looked like not only could he climb a mountain, but sort of like he just crawled out from under one. <laughs> Anderson worked as a carpenter and trail builder in Yosemite um, after not finding much luck as a gold miner, but he also had an entrepreneurial spirit, and as, as many um, failed gold miners did at the time, they kind of had to. Uh, so Anderson's dream was to build a hotel on the top of Half Dome, can you imagine, and make his fortune there. Um, but first, he would need to find a way to get to the top. Although the accounts of Anderson's attempts vary, one recalls that after he kept slipping off the side with his boots on, he took them off and tried to climb with his bare hands and his feet, uh, which also proved unsuccessful. So then he went and got some either moccasins or gunny sacks or maybe both, and he put those on his feet and he covered them in pine sap. So this is perhaps the earliest prototype of a type of climbing shoe, which today are not covered in sap, but a very sticky rubber that seems to defy physics with its ability to stick to almost nothing on the sides of granite slabs. In Anderson's case, the sap-covered moccasins stuck to the rocks so well, he nearly threw himself off when he was trying to unstick them. George Anderson was defeated time and again with his attempts to get to the summit of Half Dome, but did he give up? Of course not, we know that. <laughs> but he was a little stumped. When his attempts to climb half dome using his hands and feet had failed, he took an inventory of what he had on hand to assist his climb. He just finished a job breaking rocks apart as a laborer to build the first stagecoach road into Yosemite Valley, and he had a few, we might say, useful tools at his disposal. Tools that are used for hammering into rocks, maybe? So he returned to Half Dome with a jackhammer, a drill, um, eye bolts, and rope. And tying the rope around himself, Anderson uh, went on to drill six-inch holes into the side of Half Dome. And then he hammered the eye bolts into the holes so they were sticking out enough to function as a ladder for his hands and, and feet. And he stood on the bolts while he drilled the next set. So this is actually not too um, far removed from the bolting method that is used in sport climbing today, uh, which is a bit controversial um, and opposed by some people as it permanently mars and alters the rock, but that's a conversation for another time. After hammering each bolt from uh, his precarious stance, Anderson finally made it to the summit. He topped out on October 12, 1875, where he celebrated his victory by unfurling the American flag. USA. USA. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, ten days later, Anderson guided his first group up Half Dome, and even though he... Thankfully, never built his hotel on the top. George Anderson successfully achieved what no one thought possible with determination and an innovative spirit. He helped pave the way for the eventual thousands of people hoping to climb Half Dome every year. And for some of them, achieving perhaps what they never thought was possible of themselves. When I approached Half Dome that day in 2015, it occurred to me that I was about to do something I never thought possible for myself. I was going to climb Half Dome.
we decided to climb the southwest facing side of the peak um, on a moderately graded mixed rock climb called Snake Dyke and then come down the cable route um, on the other side of the dome. It was a bit ambitious, to say the least, for this girl who had only climbed for a few hours at a time, a few hundred feet, um, never, ever, ever after a long and difficult approach, um, never after starting at four o'clock in the morning. And although I was seriously doubting myself, my partner was encouraging seeing something perhaps in me that I wouldn't have otherwise. Or maybe he just really wanted to climb it and I was the only person naive enough to go along with it. It was a perfect spring day and we had the route all to ourselves. And after climbing a a system of knobby geologic features called dikes, um, they kind of resemble uh, protruding veins in the rock. We unroped when the angle of the slab had leveled enough for us to start walking. The section of the topo or what... Uh, the topo is the map of the route um, referred to as, quote, slab for days. It was a real calf burner, but we finally reached the top and the whole Sierra Nevada high country opened up before us. Only a few people were on the summit as the cables had not yet been set in the upright wooden posts on the uh, on the eastern facing side of Half Dome, almost exactly where Anderson had placed his bolt ladder 140 years earlier. The cables were still there. They're there all year. Um, They just hadn't been uh, suspended from the posts at that point. So they were just laying on the rock, which means you have to to pick them up to use them. And they're pretty heavy. Uh, We were super tired. We'd been active and moving since 4 a.m. And now I believe it was nearing 2 p.m. And we started toward the cables for what I thought would be the easy way down. When I talk about climbing Half Dome, I can honestly say the most terrifying part of that day was coming down the cables. Now I'd become comfortable with rock climbing and being roped up uh, on the sides of cliffs, but I was not used to holding a steel cable and walking backwards down a 45 degree angle. I immediately wanted to apologize to every person who came into the Yosemite Mountain shop over the past years when I worked there, expressing fear over their impending trip up Half Dome and wanting to purchase a system that would prevent them from falling off of the cables. You'll be fine, I always said. I couldn't imagine it was anywhere near as scary as I'd been told. I was wrong. It was way scarier. But without looking down and ignoring the burning in my forearms due to the lactic acid building up as I struggled to hoist the heavy cable, I quickly moved down the treacherous section and to level ground again. Thank God, I thought as I looked up at my friends, still on the cables, who had stopped to take pictures. Those two would go on to summit every 14er in the lower 48 and many of the highest peaks in the world. No big. So even though Snake Dyke is considered fairly easy in the climbing world, I was really proud of myself. I was a bit of a late bloomer as far as uh, outdoor sports and activity goes, even living in Yosemite. And I can tell you why. It's because I was always afraid of looking silly or not being good enough at something. And before that day, I wasn't sure if I would even make it up Half Dome. And while it was the biggest adventure I'd had up to that point, it would not be my last. And without revealing too much of my personal history, um, you can believe me when I say that if someone like me can do something like that, I bet almost anyone can. Five years earlier, if you would have told me I would be climbing Snake Dyke, 
I would have laughed you off of the Curry Village pizza deck. I hung out there most nights, hearing about other people's adventures. And that was where I ended up at the end of that day, beyond tired and beyond happy. I looked around at everyone out that evening, having pizza and drinking beer. I wondered if any of them were as happy as I was in that moment. I wondered if any of them had done something that they never thought possible. Sometimes we get stuck in a belief about something or about ourselves that can become so pervasive it keeps us from incredible experiences. We may fear ridicule, embarrassment, or perhaps even failure. But while success is never promised, the only true guarantee is that you will fail at 100% of the things that you never try. I'll never forget the way I felt that day on top of Half Dome. And I never let fear of the impossible get in my way again. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Yo Pod, the All Things Yosemite podcast. If you like this stuff, please rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. I know I say that at the end of every episode, but um, it takes like a second and it makes a huge difference uh, for um, the success of the podcast. Really, more people will um, find it, be able to find it if there are more uh, ratings and uh, reviews help a lot as well. So if you have just like 30 seconds, if you could find a way to rate and review, I would really greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to contact me with any questions, comments, uh, concerns, corrections, or if you have any ideas for future episodes, I have a bunch coming in. Uh, so no promises, but um, the more requests I get for specific episodes, I'll be sure to do those ones the soonest. Um, but you can uh, email those to me at littleyopod at gmail.com. And if you would like updates as the podcast releases and links to Yosemite resources, you can also like me on Facebook, on the Little Yo Pod Facebook page. It's just Little Yo Pod. Um, so yeah, check the show notes for resources for today's episode, including the story of George Anderson's Ascent of Half Dome. And I have a link to the Park Service website that actually has information about Half Dome and pictures of the treaded cable route. It is no joke. And if you need a visual reference, that's probably the best one. This week's fun fact, the permit system for Half Dome went into place after the hike started to attract crowds of up to 1,200 people a day uh, in 2008. So today, 225 permits are issued ahead of time through a preseason lottery system, which can be obtained, if you're lucky, on the recreation.gov website. But if you can't get a permit to hike Half Dome, a great alternative is the less arduous, yet no less rewarding hike to Half Dome's neighbor, Clouds Rest, and you can hike there from the Tioga Pass Road when it's open. Uh, there's no permit necessary, and it offers stunning views of the Yosemite High Country and of Half Dome itself. And if you bring some binoculars, you can see all the people trying to uh, make their way up the side of Half Dome on those scary cables. And if you have really good binoculars, you can see their, their faces um, plastered with terror as they ascend or come back down again. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Little Yo Pod. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Laura Jackson. Have a beautiful day.